0: This is the Candy and Carlin podcast.
1: I'm not going to lie, whenever we hear the rejoins with our own voices, Randy Scott, I realize exactly how high pitched my voice can get, which I don't realize when I'm talking. No, uh, and come on. It, it crushes my soul, much like so many other things. This is Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN App Series XM, Channel 80. Alongside Randy Scott, I'm Michael Rothstein, having my soul crushed every day. Kenny Carlin, as always presented by Progressive Insurance, but you know who doesn't crush my soul ever, although now I may be setting it up where he will as well? That is Chris Carlin, one of the main hosts of this show, and he, he's kind enough to join us now. Carlin, how you doing on this Friday, man? The Lincoln lawyer? Yes, thank <laughs> you.
0: <laughs>
1: All yeah. right, listen, dude. I, get, I, gave that,
2: I gave that, and I'm going to use air quotes here, show. Uh, a good, I would say, a good four to five episodes. <laughs> McConaughey's version of the movie was infinitely better than this show. I'll, I, give, you
1: that. I'll
2: wow, give you that. Wow, wow, I, I and, and 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 by the way, the
1: movie wasn't that great. So listen, <laughs> I, all I'm saying is, do better, do better. <laughs> That's it. Do y- better. Y- you know how often I hear that in my life, Carlin. That's like a theme I'm sure. I'm sure not as often as I.
3: <laughs> you know, we we
1: we. If we ever host this show together, we can have that conversation and you know, just it'll just end let with it everyone out. in
3: tears. Be safe space.
2: <laughs> speaking of soul crushing, yes, yes. Yeah, speaking of soul
1: crushing, conversation for the audience. Yeah, it, it would be. And you want to know what also soul crushing? If you're on the West Coast, if you are a fan of Cal Stanford. Oregon State or Washington State because you're looking around and, and kind of that Will Smith scene when, like, in Fresh Prince when the house is empty and you're looking around and wondering where everybody went. Like, that, that's what you got to yeah. be right now, Carlin, if you are one of those four schools because we already know USC and UCLA gone to the Pac-10. Oregon, Washington might end up heading to the Pac-10, at least in this is going to happen potentially as early as tonight. Arizona heading to the Pac-12. Utah and Arizona State potentially could be heading to the Big 12 as well. When you woke up this morning, did you anticipate that this would be the day the Pac-12 died? Uh, I
2: I think that we've unfortunately been watching it happen for some time. Um, I think the day the Pac-12 died was the day that USC and UCLA went to the Big 10. I'm not surprised by Oregon and Washington. Um, listen, no matter how you visit, uh, view what's going on in the media landscape, television markets are still important. And to extend their footprint, so to speak, which is just another way of saying to make sure that we get in a lot more houses and get a lot more money uh, out into the Pacific Northwest for the Big Ten after they made the move to L.A., Seattle is a very you know, is I think it's top 12 uh, media market and uh, Washington and Oregon. There are plenty of people uh, who care about those two schools there. And the biggest problem here is that San Francisco, Stanford and Cal would have been a lot more valuable if either one would carry San Francisco, but they, they just don't Um, when they're good. People pay attention, but not at a level where the entire market is going to be locked in on it. And I think when you look at what's going on with the Pac-12 network, that's been a big part of it, too. So um, I think really all of the wheels started to come off uh, last year when the USC-UCLA thing happened. But this is kind of the, the death rattle, if you will.
3: The death rattle is a, is a good but, but morbid way to put it. I don't think you're wrong. Um, and it's, it's interesting to say, all right, the San Francisco market is there. Yeah, if the team is good. It's the same way with Boston College in Boston. I mean, it's the same way. You must have rolled your eyes, Carlin, when they said, oh, the you know, Big Ten says we're getting Rutgers because we want the New York market. Right? I mean, that's not – It's just it doesn't compute because Rutgers doesn't drive the Big Ten, or rather the, the New York market.
2: Well, listen, here's the thing. When Rutgers is good, people care. And one of the highest rated games on ESPN when they used to have Thursday, the big Thursday night yeah. package, mm-hmm. uh, was Rutgers back in the mid-2000s. And I think it was the highest rated game, in fact, uh, in 2006. So when Rutgers is good in football and in basketball, it people do care, and they got the Big Ten network into all those houses. And that that's ultimately what matters, right? Yeah. That, yeah. that they were able to get this – that subscription dollar with the Big Ten Network uh, in all of those houses in the New York area and in the Washington area with Maryland, that's obviously what drove those moves at the time. And now you're seeing the same thing um, with Los Angeles, with the Pacific Northwest. And I know this analogy has probably been made a hundred times, but it truly is Game of Thrones right now. And frankly, listen, there are some things that make sense. There are some things that just don't, and I hate the idea that, as Paul Feinbaum has said, that we are headed for two magna conferences, and I can't wait to be playing in the Big Thirty Six. You know, I mean, <laughs> it, it's going to be it, it's going to be absurd because the listen the regional stuff I, I still think you know is outstanding, but it doesn't matter; it doesn't carry the day financially.
1: I mean, listen, Carlin, at some point financially they're going to sell naming rights to that, and it's going to be like the big nugget and the big quarter pounder. You know, those are going to be <laughs> the names of the divisions. At least that's what it feels like to me. We're talking about Chris Carlin, host of this very show, Kenny and Carlin, here on, obviously, Kenny and Carlin alongside Randy Scott and Michael Ross. Now, I want to stay in New York with you for a minute, Carlin, because we did see preseason football, or at least Randy Scott saw preseason football last night. I chose to watch The Lincoln Lawyer instead, and you can judge that decision however you want the Browns beat the Jets 21-16, but Zach Wilson actually threw a pretty decent pass. And he's <laughs> talked a lot about, and I'm leaving it at that, but he's talked a lot about how Aaron <laughs> Rodgers has influenced him. Uh, do you buy this in terms of Aaron Rodgers being able to help him enough to where maybe could turn around his career?
2: I don't know. Um, first of all, the, I think the thing that people probably don't know is that Zach Wilson and Aaron Rodgers have actually been, you know, in contact for a really, really long time, dating back to when Zach was at BYU. Uh, I happened to do his bowl game during the pandemic at BYU um, in the Boca Raton Bowl against Central Florida, and uh, that was his last year in college, and we had a chance to talk to him, and he was talking about several conversations that he had had with Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, at the time they were – uh, starting to, you know, he, I think he was working with the same representation uh, or advisors at the time, and was still, you know, was starting to get kind of hooked up with that. Uh, so it's been, it's been a relationship that's been around for a few years. I, I think we have to settle down on that um, ultimately. And I, and I'll tell you the other thing: we got to settle down on the whole leadership thing. It is, my God, it is the early part of August. And I get it. Aaron Rodgers has done everything the right way since coming here. I had big questions as to whether or not he was going to show up at OTAs. There he is. He's doing all the right things. Um, Is that going to play a role in their success? Potentially. I am much more interested in the fact that as much as I've heard about him playing with a broken thumb last year or whatever it was, dude was out on the field. Okay, he was playing. He wasn't playing at a great level. Are we to make the assumption, even though a motivated Aaron Rodgers before uh, has played at an MVP level, that that's automatically going to happen again at age 40? I I really think that we have gotten away from the notion that um, Tom Brady is the aberration it's like he's more of the rule now that every athlete is going to be able to do this. No, I don't think that's the case. I think it's, I think it's asking a lot for Rogers to go in there this year and play at the level that he did two years ago. They don't need him to do that, but I, is he closer to what he was two years ago or is he what he was last year? Because the, the Jets, If he is what he was last year, the Jets will still be a playoff team. But you will wonder, can we win a Super Bowl with him at that point? And ultimately, that's what Aaron Rodgers is in New York to do, is to win a Super Bowl. It does not have to be in his first year. But if it doesn't happen, it's a disappointment. It's a massive disappointment. If it does happen for Aaron Rodgers and his legacy, to me, that's worth like two or three Super Bowls leading the Jets Back, you know, after not getting one for fifty years and not, you know, being close enough uh, a couple of times to even get there, I, I, I would give him all the credit in the world for that. I just like all the leadership stuff, and and that that's great. We've also seen Aaron Rodgers exhibit some not great leadership before, so I I, I just i am pouring cold water on it, but I'm just <laughs> hey, everybody
1: dial it back. Listen, that's fair. Well, you know, you, you've you poured cold water on everything I've thought in this conversation, Carlin, and I appreciate it so, 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 so thankfully, my man.
3: I respect I, l- it, though.
2: Listen, I don't want to judge you. You make
1: me judge you. That's all.
3: <laughs> that's fair.
1: You know, I, I've heard that many times in my life, man. We appreciate the time in some ways.
2: I kind of feel a little more depressed after talking to you right now. Thanks, Mike. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man well you know that's Randy Scott, that's also not the first time i've heard that here on what nah. is apparently yeah, what is. Is, this is kenny and carlin on espn radio i'm michael rothstein he's randy scott we're presented by progressive insurance you want to join the conversation give us a call eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. that's of course 1-88-SAY-ESPN and one thing we were going to talk to carlin about but then we got into you know neuroses and other things randy scott is is this which is kind of these are my favorite two weeks of the year no not preseason football because that would be blasphemy but rather the two weeks before nfl training camps start because i go on vacation you go on vacation sure carlin candy everybody goes on vacation it's very exciting in the summer so we want to get into that like what's the we want to ask you this Fellow listener, here at one eight eight seven two nine three seven seven six. Where's the one place in the world you want to go? Like, where's that place that you're sitting there and you're like, all right, I I got, I I got one vacation. I got one vacation I have to take in my lifetime. Where is it and why? And Randy Scott, you just got back from Italy, so so let's start there.
3: I'm still not done with Italy. I spent nine days there, so I had, uh, you know, I had the the fine uh, scheduling folks here at ESPN, uh, Cindy and Bob, and they 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 came to me and they said, hey, you have. Eight days from the pandemic, you have eight days from 2020 and 2021. When I mean, I know. Listen, Michael, it, it sounds like you traveled in that time. For me, it was like, where am I going to go? You know, I was like Richard Gere yeah. an officer and a gentleman. Was like, I got no place else to go. I didn't know where it was safe. I didn't know where, you know, I didn't have a, a passport. I had to get that reissued. The whole thing. So uh, I had these days and was use them or lose them, and you know, get it done before the football season if you can. And and so, yeah, I was like, I've always wanted to go to Europe. i have never been, you know, I've been to Graceland, uh, Graceland twice, <laughs> never been to Europe. So I, I thought you were going to say Greece. I was like, but Greece is in Europe. <laughs> I mean, I'm se- I'm setting up for uh, you know, never been to Spain. Uh, Elvis covered that so well, but uh, so I went to Italy, man, yeah, and I did, um, I did Rome for three days and Florence for three days and went up to uh, Chiusa and went to Lake Como for three days and it was it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. And I know there's an entire southern part of that country to see. I know there's Sicily and Venice and all of it. Um, But the one place I want to go, I want to go to a bench in Scotland. There is a bench that is underneath a kitchen window at a house that still exists where you go back on my mom's side of the family several, several hundreds of years. And back then, uh, to go on a date, air quotes, you went to the front door of the young lady's house. You asked the parents if you could take the woman on a walk, the young lady on a walk, and you would go within eyesight of the kitchen window. You had to just walk laps in the backyard. And if you wanted any privacy at all to try to sneak a kiss, you had to sit on the bench underneath the kitchen window because you were out of sight for a brief moment. And that bench is still there. That house is still there. And that's where my family started. And I wanna Damn. go I wanna go there in Scotland. That's the one place. And I feel like you know, world solo traveler that you are, I don't, I, well, I don't have that, I don't have that experience yet. I think I'm going to have it, (laughs) like it or not. And I I want, I want to go to that bench. I want to go to that bench and I want to go see that. So what's, what's your, what's your one place? Because one thing I'll say about Italy that they don't prepare you for lack, and this sounds awful, but lack of toilet seats at public restrooms, man, that's a real thing. It's a it real is. thing, and you learned yeah, that the hard way. Not just Italy.
1: No, yeah. I learned that. I learned that in Argentina, where I, well, I was in I was in Chile, Uruguay, and Argentina this this past summer, or this month, or last month because we're in August now. And Argentina is incredible. If you haven't been to Buenos Aires, you should go. Santiago reminds me a lot of Denver, and I mean that the best possible way because of some of the views, uh, especially in winter because it is winter in South America right now. Buenos Aires is up there among my favorite places. It's a combination of New York and Paris. Uh, Also, unfortunately, because of their economic situation right now, uh, very inexpensive for American travelers. So uh, if you're looking for a place to go, I can highly recommend Buenos Aires uh, because once you get down there, it's very, very cheap. But if I had one place, and I'm going to – so I've been to 33 countries at this point. There there are three places I want, I've want. i been to all continents except for Africa and Antarctica, uh, and, and Africa is going to happen next year. Antarctica is actually probably the place that's highest on my list. And people wow. are like, wait, what? Wow. Uh, uh, yeah, and I say it because I, I, I've read a lot about it. I've read a book called South Pole Station, which is a fiction book, but it, it really got me intrigued by it and – there's just something about places that have been untapped, places that have not been thoroughly explored, and that's really one place that's really intrigued me. The other two places would be New Zealand and and Bhutan. And Bhutan's really difficult; like you have to take a tour bus in, and it's there's a complicated visa process. And New Zealand to me is some place that I've always wanted to go to, and didn't go when I went to Australia because it's still five hours away from Australia, more or less. Oh, so, I didn't know that. They make it sound oh, yeah. like
3: it's right next door.
1: It is not. I mean, compared to most other things when you're trying to go to Australia it is, yeah. but there there's some, you know, some distance there, my man.
3: Yeah, they're uh, doing like but they they're doing the Women's World Cup there and they make it sound like it's it's the tri-state area, you Yeah, know? no,
1: it's not it's not the tri-state area. Maybe a little closer than 5 hours, but not not by much. And those those are the three places I really would like to go. I've been fortunate to go to a lot of places in Europe, uh now South America. I've gone to some places in Asia. Uh, there's just something that really speaks to me about about that and you know when you travel solo randy you uh, you meet people If, if you do it the right way you meet people from different cultures and i've been fortunate enough to meet people from all across the world like when i went to argentina for instance uh i part of it was to see a friend of mine that i met while i was in malaysia and if i go to new zealand my hope is that i will see a friend of mine that i met when i was in dublin who lives in new zealand like so that's Jeez. part of the great stuff about yeah. world travel is i'm humble bragging and you know we're sitting there last segment and i feel really weird randy talking about this because it sounds so great and i'm sitting there making fun of myself and saying oh this that and the other and you know part of that by the way in the first part of our segment was uh was a little bit of a shtick for lack of a better term <laughs> uh <laughs> you know I, I really you know a, a lot of people say stuff but I'm very fortunate, and I think I think both of us would agree. We're both very fortunate to be in the positions we are that we're able to do that because I know a lot of people are not able to travel kind of like you and I do,
3: I or at least like did, I did. Man, one trip for me, and I saved up, and uh, I sold, you know, some personal uh, items, some furniture that doesn't fit in my house, you know. It was just sitting in my garage. Like, I was able to cobble it, cobble it together because I decided, man, you're 40 years old. You've never been to Europe? Like, at this point in your ancestors' lives, they'd fought wars in Europe. Yeah. They'd been there for years. You know, um, and I, I wanted to go and see the history. And that's what jumps off once you're there. I mean, it, truly anywhere. But I mean, in Italy, we're walking around and, you know, you live in New England and you're like, oh, that house is on the historic registry. It was built in 1750. Like, that's an old house. And you go over there and you're like, oh, those are ruins from the first century. Cats yeah. live there now. You know, they have so many like historic sites in Rome. They're just like, yeah, feral cats have taken over that one specific. And if you've been if you've been to Rome, you know what I'm talking about. There's, a, yeah. there's like a literal ruin that you walk by and it's just dominated by cats. It's just it's it's incredible. And I went to oh, the, the Colosseum to the underground tour where you could see what the gladiators were held. I mean, it's nuts, man. It's nuts.
1: No, 100 percent. That's the thing with Italy, especially Rome. You walk by and you're like, oh, look, there's there's a ruin that's, you know, 3,000 years old. Cool. Like, I mean, that's just how it is in Rome, bro. Italy, I, I can't say enough about Italy either. If you want more travel advice, feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Mike Rothstein or X, whatever it's called, or Instagram at Mike Rothstein. I, I love giving travel advice and, and trying to help people out. Coming up coming up next, the NFL season is quickly approaching. Very, very fast. Fantasy drafts are being set who should you keep your eye on as maybe a sleeper we'll get into that this is candy and carlin on espn radio and the espn app and sirius xm channel lady
0: this is the canty and carlin podcast passion drive and patience the formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle
1: Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. So, you know, we talk a lot, Randy Scott, about football money. And And football money is good money. Like NFL money is good money, especially if you're a quarterback. Less so if you're a running back. But it doesn't compare to NBA money and to Major League Baseball money. But specifically, a lot of times, to NBA money when you look at across the league, what's going on and how guys get paid. This is Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN App Series 6M, Channel 80, as always represented by Progressive Insurance. Alongside Randy Scott, I'm Michael Rothstein. We're in for Candy and Carlin today. And I say this because Anthony Davis is a great player, right? Like, I, <laughs> I think we're we're in good agree- we're in agreement on that, right? He is, right. yeah. But today... He signed the NBA's richest annual extension. I'm going to give you the the parameters here, according to our Woj. Three years, $186 million. That's the maximum. So that ties him to the Lakers through 2028 for a total of $270 million. Now, this is the mind-boggling part, my man. His contract extension averages 62 million dollars a season oh
3: oh okay all right what's the first thing you okay don't even think just react what's the first thing you think of when you see that number for this player per year
1: that he should still play the mega millions tonight that's my reaction because what? that's still what? not one point three billion dollars.
3: Okay, okay. But uh, beyond
1: that, but beyond that, as I've now thrown Randy Scott and he is all, 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 all asunder. Is this? That's a lot of money for a guy that you know is not going to play seventy games for you in a season, more or less. That's it because oh, he's he's hurt. That's, like, what that's to I, me what it is.
3: That's what I think of. I think of wow for Anthony Davis sixty two million dollars a season is at least a million dollars a game. That's what I think, because he hasn't played, Michael Rothstein, 62 games since 2019, the 2019-20 season. So he had the, the, the break in the NBA season and then wrapped it up in the bubble. He has played 62 games once in the last five seasons. He has played 62 games once in a Los Angeles Lakers uniform, okay? 56 games this year, 40 the year before, 36 the year before, and then 62 before that. That was his first year in Los Angeles, and they won a championship. So... Your, you know, I want to say your your best ability is your availability. No, your best ability is to be born at a certain time and play a certain position in the NBA at a very high level, sure, but to where you can command this money because of the TV rights and because of the salary cap and because of the rapid ascension of both of those things that allow for contracts like this to not be complete and utter albatrosses on your franchise.
1: Well, yeah, All right, no, the best ability is genetically being Able to be born and be really, really, really tall and coordinated. That's the best ability of all, Randy Scott.
3: He's he is a game changer. When when for whatever reason, what was funny is, and I was thinking about this and I was watching, for whatever reason, I was watching bubble highlights. I think my kids were my kids get on YouTube and their YouTube history is amazing. Sometimes it's NBA games, sometimes it's uh, NFL. I mean, it's all sports, which is great. Uh, it's a language that we can b- both speak. But if it's not, you know, Mr. Beast or Or something like that, or dude, perfect. But, but they're on there and they're watching bubble highlights. Like, dads, why you know, why aren't there fans? And I had to kind of explain it. But Anthony Davis was an absolute menace. He was a monster. He he was his jump shot was falling. I mean, that's that's the reason he is truly the reason that they won the title in that in that series in that in the bubble rather. And you wonder sometimes, like you wonder sometimes where that guy went. Still impactful. Still. Uh, capable of of being dominant at times, where as LeBron James ages, he's no longer called upon to do that for as long of a stretch in a game as, as LeBron used to. But you just wonder every time AD comes down, seemingly on a nightly basis, grabbing at an ankle at uh, at an elbow at a knee, whatever it is, grimacing, going to the bench, and more often than not, he comes in, you know, comes back in the game. But when he doesn't, he's out for weeks, yep. months, even. Well, you know, and now it's sixty two million a year, Michael.
1: It is, and you want to know something that I just realized, uh, and maybe this is bad on me? He's only 30. Like wow. That's the mind-blowing thing wow. Here, Is Wow. He's only 30 years old, which I, I don't... He's been in the league and been so impactful in the league for so long. But, you know, he, because he played his first number one overall pick in 2012, so he's been in the league for over a decade now. He made his debut on Halloween in 2012. Uh, like, you forget he's only 30. And that, to me, I, that kind of made made me feel a little bit better about this deal. Our ESPN NBA analyst, Kendrick Perkins, he was on NBA Today, however, and he had a very pointed message for Anthony Davis.
0: The Lakers has done right by Anthony Davis. He has signed two deals since he's been in a Laker uniform. They have done everything to try to put him in position to be successful. Now it's on AD, to deliver in great fashion. I talked about how he's the top-five talent. Now he needs to go out there and prove it and be available. And, again, put his name back in the conversation with Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, and Jokic as one of the best bigs in the game and be,
1: and be
3: reliable.
1: So, Randy Scott, you hear what Perk just said there. Is that realistic, you think?
3: It is, yeah. I mean, offensively and defensively, he is still – that guy. I mean, he shot a career high fifty six percent last season. Um, fifty blocks during the twenty twenty three playoffs. And remember, they didn't advance. You know, beyond the uh, beyond the, the the round. Obviously, they they ran into into the eventual champion Denver Nuggets. Uh, so to have fifty blocks in a single postseason, I mean, that's that's Kareem and Shaq territory in that uniform. He's he's put himself in that discussion. And if you're Rob Palinka and the brain trust there, you have to have a bridge, and it can't just be. Depth, you know, you're in Los Angeles. You're in that uniform in Los Angeles. Yeah, you know, you have to have a star, and they have a star bridge now to the other side of whatever the LeBron James era looks like, and however the LeBron James era ends, whether that's LeBron running with Bronny, God willing, uh, speaking to that, you know, the health of his of, of his son who's headed to USC, or or whether that's LeBron doing that, you know, somewhere else with Bronny. But you have to have a plan, and it has to be star studded. And it has to be, in this case, someone who, who has a championship pedigree in that uniform. And Anthony Davis checks all those boxes. I, I wonder about this, and maybe it's geographic here, Michael, because we live so close to Boston. But you see Jalen Brown's contract, and he's in the neighborhood of the same yearly annual value. Not quite $62 million, but an astronomic amount for a guy who seemingly loses the ability to dribble at key <laughs> points in the postseason. It's cost the Celtics in the playoffs now two years running. But that's the going rate. Would Jalen Brown have commanded the same salary on the open market? No. But in order for the Celtics to retain this talent, they had to go to that level because of the fact that he made All-NBA and because he was eligible for the Supermax because Jalen Brown's not staying in Boston without it. So sometimes you run into that issue, and I would argue that the Lakers are on a short list of teams, though, that are immune from it because so many people want to live and work in Los Angeles. So that flies in the face of, oh, well, they had to pay this. No, they I, in my opinion, they didn't. But then again, in order to have the contingency plan post-LeBron, Anthony Davis is as good an option for them in that uniform as anybody.
1: Sure, I guess. There's two things there, though, Randy. The first is that we've seen players sign deals and then ask for trades and try to force their way out. Like, I don't know, a guy like Damian Lillard in Portland. Uh, signs a deal, and then a year later trying to get out. So no guarantee that this massive deal and this massive extension that Anthony Davis signed means he's going to stick with the Lakers the entire time because this is an era of player empowerment, which is great. But that's one thing to consider. The other thing when you're talking about players wanting to go play in California is this. Financially, the numbers might sound great, but the tax rate that they have to pay is so brutal compared to other places that that can also sometimes play into it as well. Whether a guy wants to really play in California or not, because more of your money is going to the government yeah. than it is in your pocket, and that and the, for some players that matters, and that is something that they to take into consideration all along sports. Tune into to an NOS battle tomorrow night as the Padres host the Dodgers, both in California. Coverage begins at 8 p.m. Eastern <laughs> on the ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This weekend preview is brought to you by Geico. Whether you rent or own, Geico makes it easy. To bundle home and car insurance, go to geico.com today. Coming up, we continue our NFL two-a-days. This time we break down another team out west. The Seattle Seahawks is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio.
0: This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast.
1: Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets pizza, better because it has to be. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals.
0: Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
1: Pat, that, of course, the great Brady Henderson. He covers the Seattle Seahawks for us here at ESPN. This is Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN app. Sirius XM channel 80 alongside the great Randy Scott. I'm Michael Rothstein, and we're breaking down the Seattle Seahawks here as part of our NFL two days so that you can hear all across the ESPN radio schedule. Randy, but you heard Brady mention a lot of issues defensively there, but I want to start here because I mean, is it wrong that I'm still not bought in on Geno Smith? Holy.
3: I don't think it's wrong necessarily. Um, I think if you're a Seahawks fan, and there are there are lots of them, if you're one of the twelfth twelfth man, um, or one of the twelves, I guess I should say. Like, what what more do you need to see? You know, it's not just that insiders here on campus say, hey, you know, sneakily Gino Smith throws one of the best balls in the National Football League. You hear that, and then you see the stats from a year ago, where you're like, oh oh my oh my, he had better stats than you know, folks who were traditionally in the top ten, uh, better stats than. Trevor Lawrence, better passing stats than than Jalen Hurts. I mean, we're talking about a guy in Gino had thirty touchdowns and eleven interceptions. He threw for more than forty two hundred yards. Like, if you've known that preseason, he would have signed up for that. He's better than Aaron Rodgers. Better than I mean, like, he had he had a great season. Are you saying that's a flash in the pan? That he snuck up on the league and the league's gonna have a year of, worth of tape to, you know, break it down because now, his wide receiver room gets better. I don't. Yeah. That was that was the thing. To spend that draft capital on Jackson Smith and Jigba, who was one of, if not the best receiver in this draft, that's great, but you add him to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. I don't know that it was a position of need when there was so clearly a need on the defensive side of the football.
1: You're, you're, you're partially right, but obviously they also took Devon with a spoon, who, with their first round pick, or their first first round pick, at number five, and. Devon Witherspoon is an impact corner. A lot of people believe that. Now, he was the last guy to sign a contract. So he got a little bit of a late start, very little bit of a late start to training camp. And that's part of this. But to me more when I'm talking about Geno Smith, it's this. Before this past season where he completed 69.8% of his passes, he had not thrown more than 95 passes in a season since 2014. And the last time we saw him as a a full, full full-time starter before last season, he completed less than sixty percent of his passes his first year and his second year with the Jets. Can a quarterback grow? Absolutely. Can he learn? Undoubtedly. I just need to see a little bit more of it before I'm buying that Geno Smith's going to be a, a top potential top end quarterback, which is what Seattle will need to compete with San Francisco over the next three to four years. I, I need to see just I need to see the start well, of this season, Randy. Yeah. Be, a, be be a continuation. Of what we saw last year versus what we'd seen throughout Geno Smith's career all before that.
3: The wins are there. I think out of the gates, you go two and two. Uh, you got two very winnable home games, starting with the Rams, uh, and then you got the Panthers at home, okay? Cross-country trip for a young team and a young quarterback. Bryce Young there in Carolina? Yeah, sign me up. But you got to go to Detroit and to New York. And if those two teams are to be believed as advertised, then you're starting two and two, and then you go to Cincinnati, and then you got some home... Winnable home games against the Cardinals and the Browns, like they they were nine and eight. This is this is a team that was a game over five hundred last year and had something to play for in Week Seventeen with Geno Smith as the quarterback. If we'd known that before the season started, if you're a Seahawks fan, you're like, "This is our first year post Russ." Sign me up. And I I don't I don't know that they're going to fall back to earth necessarily. And I think, especially considering the question mark with Brock Hewitt right now, and. San Francisco, I think that division is a little bit a little bit more gettable than people are giving it credit for because the Cardinals are going to be historically bad. Oh, they're going to be awful. The
1: Cardinals are going to be awful. The Rams, I'm higher on the Rams than a lot of people, but that's largely because of their top-end talent. They, an injury to Aaron Donald or to Cooper Cup or Matthew Stafford spells doom for the Rams. Seahawks can be a playoff team. I have no doubt about that. I believe they can be a playoff team. But I just need to, again, see a little more from Gino. And I think they're banking a lot on Bobby Wagner still being the all-pro level Bobby Wagner, which that, that's it's a, a lot to ask for a guy who's entering his mid-30s. It just feels, that, that feels a little bit like it could be, I don't know, it could be a little bit of a struggle, I guess. You know, I, we'll see what happens. Coming up next, college football. Oh, it's a crazy time. If you are following college football and you're a fan of the Pac-12, this is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio.
0: Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin Podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.